The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm superstar Frank Morano. Before I was even doing a daily show of my own, I was hosting a weekly radio program. That's uh, how Tony and I got to know one another at another radio company. And uh, it was a pretty good show. I was also filling in for... I was producing another radio show, and I was filling in for a bunch of other radio shows. Well, about five years ago, one of the first major nationally syndicated shows that I ever filled in on, I think it was actually on Christmas Day. It was either on Christmas Day or it was on Boxing Day, uh, the 26th. It was, um, it was the Mike Gallagher Show, which is one of the most listened to radio talk shows in the country. And Mike's a great guy and a good friend, someone I've known for uh, 25 years, roughly, maybe more. But anyway, he, I got the opportunity to host this show. And at the time... Maybe this was six years ago. At the time, I brought up something which was nowhere. People had not even publicly discussed this. This was the stuff that only conspiracy theorists would bring up. This was crazy. This was fringe and fringe. And I brought it up, and everyone said that this was the first time they had ever heard somebody talk about this on the radio. But here's what else happened. Every single person who called said, you're right. That's happened to me. I'll tell you what the issue was. I came to the conclusion, this is around 2017, 2018, that the, your smartphones were listening to you. Even when you're not making calls. And they were picking up what you were saying and then showing you advertisements based on that. And you would research this and this would be poo-pooed. 
They said, no, 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 that's not what's happening. Here's what's happening. What's happening is you're emailing. And as you send email, your, your email is being read. And then that is being picked up on, you know, your ads. That's what they're sending customized ads based on your email. Oh, and whenever you search something, you do a Google search and you, um, that, that you picks up, that's what you're searching. And then they'll show you ads based on that. I said, no, it's happened too many times where there's something I haven't searched, something I haven't emailed. It's something relatively obscure that I have spoken about. And then I see an ad for it. And then I heard from person after person that all said the same thing. So then within about a year or two of that, then it came out, oh, okay, actually, well, there might be viruses that have infected your smartphone, but it's not within the DNA of these smart devices. If that happens, that's not supposed to happen. It's a virus or somebody's hacked into your phone to do that. Well, every year, every month since I first came to that conclusion, I've seen admittedly more and more people coming to the same conclusion that, yes, this is what is being done. Well, now, a marketing company run by Cox Media, this is really interesting here, a marketing company run by Cox Media has sort of come clean. (laughs) What they're saying is that... um, They're doing what people like me and a huge swath of the public has believed for years. They are listening in from smartphones and other devices in order to serve you ads. Then the company comes out and says, oh, no, 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 no. On second thought, the data is anonymized. So they basically backed off their own conclusion, which was amazing to me. So this marketing team within this media giant, Cox Media Group, they claimed they have the ability to listen to ambient conversations of consumers through embedded microphones in smartphones, smart TVs, and other devices to gather data and use it to target ads. This is according to a review of CMG marketing materials um, and details from a pitch given to an outside marketing professional. It's called active listening. They claim, CMG claims, the capability can identify potential customers based on casual conversations in real time. This is exactly what I have been saying for at least the last six years. So the, the news basically signals that what all of us have believed for years that these smartphones are listening to people in order to deliver ads. It may finally be a reality in many situations. I mean, it's always been a reality, but now they're admitting it. Until now, there was no evidence that such a capability actually existed. But the myth, what they claimed was the myth, I should say, permeated due to how sophisticated other ad tracking methods had become. So it's not immediately clear if the capability that CMG is advertising and claims works is being used on devices in the market today. But 
The company notes it is a marketing technique fit for the future, available today. That's how they market it to potential customers. You want to think about hiring Cox Media Group? They'll tell you this is what we do, and it's a marketing technique fit for the future, available today. 404 Media, they're the ones that kind of came public with this and broke this story. They also found a representative of the company on LinkedIn explicitly asking interested parties to contact them about this product. One marketing professional pitched by this company, CMG, on the technology said a TMG, excuse me, a CMG representative explained the prices of the service to them. This is a quote from CMG's website. What would it mean for your business if you could target potential clients who are actively discussing their need for your services in their day-to-day conversations? No, it's not a Black Mirror episode. It's voice data. And CMG has the capabilities to use it to your business advantage. The part of CMG advertising, the uh, capability, is uh, CMG local solutions. Um, This is... Really interesting. Really interesting. So now, as I said, they are kind of backing away from this now that this is this is the statement they put out. CMG Local Solutions markets a wide range of advertising tools like other advertising companies. Some of those tools, you know, you ever notice that when a company gets caught or a government gets caught or a person gets caught? They make their statement after being caught doing whatever. They make their statement so incredibly long and boring that they try to get people to not pay attention to it. Well, I kind of get the feeling that CMG was trying to do the same thing here. CMG Local Solutions, some of those tools include third-party vendor products powered by data sets sourced from users by various social media and other applications, then packaged and resold to data services. Advertising data based on voice and other data is collected by these platforms and devices under the terms and conditions provided by those apps and accepted by their users and can then be sold to third-party companies and converted to anonymized information for advertisers. This anonymized data then is resold by numerous advertising companies. Well, you know, I I am just very skeptical. I have believed for years that your smartphone was eavesdropping on you, and now I think this is... I view this as confirmation, honestly. 800-848-9222 if you want to comment. That's uh, 800-848-9222. Speaking of spying, we are seeing that um, the House Judiciary Committee and their chairman, Jim Jordan of Ohio, yesterday issued a subpoena to the Attorney General Merrick Garland demanding that he provide information on the DOJ's spying on congressional employees. The uh, conservative website JustTheNews.com had reported in October that current and former congressional oversight staff were notified that the DOJ had seized their phone and email records in 2017 while investigating leaks. 
The belated notification came due to the government convincing a federal court to hide the communication seizure for five years. So among those who had their records seized were at least a dozen members of Congress from both parties and their staff. So, by the way, anybody that thinks being in Congress means you're not getting spied on? No. They're getting spied on, too. Probably more so. So these revelations have prompted a furor from congressional Republicans. It should really be prompting a furor from everybody. If you're somebody that cares about the Fourth Amendment, for instance, you shouldn't be okay with the Department of Justice spying on these people without a warrant. So now Jim Jordan has issued this subpoena. Maybe I'll ask uh, Brian Kilmeade about this tomorrow. But in the subpoena, Jordan acknowledged that the Department of Justice had replied to his request but not to his satisfaction. So we'll see where this goes. I imagine uh, at some point Merrick Garland is going to have to answer some questions about this. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Four open lines. Noam Layden coming up in about uh, 15 minutes. Joaquin is in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Hello, Joaquin. Oh, Mr. Verano. I was going to tell you about your issue with cats and my issue with dogs. But you know what? You, you just touched on something that's near and dear to my heart. And remember Eric Snowden. The government's already using this against you. Right. Oh, I'm sure. Ed, Edward Snowden. But yes, I, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, you're exactly right. But let's go back to cats and dogs. So you got a couple little pussy cats there. Right. You got an issue with. I have two 120-pound dogs, father and son. And as a matter of fact, we also had the mother. The father was a purebred chocolate lab. Mother was a purebred German shepherd. And I listened to my daughter and my wife because we had a little grandson living with us, you know. And after the, the, they told us not to get her fixed so she was a year old, but they did the nasty and they had a litter of puppies, you know. And she started attacking Cooper, the father. So broke my heart, but I got rid of Lexi, okay? Mm. Well, after... Duke grew up the son. They hit a point where all of a sudden they started fighting. And they were getting along great. It'd just be out of the blue. All of a sudden they would have a fight. And believe me, I had to take them to the vet. Remember, the two 120-pound dogs. Oh, boy. Okay? Uh, and access up. As a matter of fact, one night I came home late from work, and all of a sudden they went at it. And I went to reach underneath the kitchen table to grab the collar of one of them. And they, it's not that they deliberately attacked me. But my hand wound up in a very bad place, and I wound up in the emergency room to get Oh, no. So, okay, my son had a friend, and every time this friend came over, you know, Duke, the son, would always sit there with my friend's son, you know, and and they got along great, you know. And he said, oh, I'll take Duke, you know, because we figured out we got to separate him. Well, the whole time that my friend's son had Duke, the dog would not eat. He tore their house apart. And I was heartbroken every night I sat outside with Cooper that I gave up, you know, Duke. And I wanted him back in the worst freaking way. And I'm looking on the Internet for all kinds of information, you know. And one thing I came back to was uh, getting one of them neutered. So I finally got Duke back. And believe it or not, that dog, because he was separated from me, did not eat for three freaking weeks. Oh, boy. He was down to 70 pounds. He was nothing but skin and bones. So I took Duke back, 
And then finally, we took him down, and we actually got him fixed. We didn't get Cooper fixed. And believe it or not, that actually pretty much ended it. Now, what? I watched dog, dog trainers on video, and they said that part of the problem, and I'm going to say this, I had five German Shepherds altogether prior to this situation, and all my German Shepherds trained very naturally before we got the Chocolate Lab Cooper because my son actually had a litter of puppies at my house, and he gave me choice. The first litter, my wife always wanted a chocolate lab, but they have a different disposition. And I will say the German Shepherd is the smartest of all the dog breeds, and they train so naturally it isn't funny. Uh, but, the tro- the, but the Labradors, they have their own mindset, and they can be very uh, disobedient, and they require serious training, which I really didn't give them. And they say a lot of times, you know, you have to be the pack leader. And you really have to make them listen. But I'm going to tell you right now, these are the two, as far as listening goes, the two worst dogs I've ever had. But the neutering made of putting an end to it finally. Well, yeah, thank you, uh, Joaquin. I appreciate that. And I'm sorry for what you had to go through. But uh, I will just say that in, in our case, both of these cats that we're talking about, are they are uh, fixed. Both of them. Uh, that's the one thing that uh, that is absolutely the case. So I don't think that would be fixed by, you know, by what you're describing. All right. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Jan is in Manhattan. Hi, Jan. Jean? Jean. Well, according to my screen, it's Jan, but you can be Jean if you want. Well, I'm Jean when I usually call you. Uh, Frank, I heard you talking about the, uh, getting messages on your phone and I have just a regular 4G flip phone that fits in my purse and I get messages from both political parties and they are called new notices and sometimes they're just messages and I have no idea. I get, do I want to sell my property? I I get all kinds of things that I want to take a survey, just yes or no on different things and I have no idea where they get my phone number from. Well, have you ever contributed to a political campaign? Um, uh, if I ever did, it wouldn't be giving my phone number. I might have given a check. Well, so what often happens is um, if sometimes if you've donated to a political campaign, not not sometimes, all the time, they actually uh-huh. sell your information to other campaigns that uh, they will then send you solicitations for similar candidates. So um, if you when you registered to vote, if you put your phone number down, they may reach you through that. But even if you didn't, if you uh, are registered to vote and you've contributed and you're publicly listed, they can look up your phone number if you're publicly listed, and they'll send you those same types of solicitations. Do you think they get me from my voting records? Well, yeah, I think it's very possible. If you, if the campaign or campaigns that you contributed to didn't, um, you know, if you didn't put down a phone number, then I think it's very likely that if you put your phone number down on your uh, voter registration form that they got you from there, yes. For goodness sakes, who would have thought that? Yeah. You know what, Frank, I, I do contribute to, um, I and my husband have contributed to veterans organizations. And I do think sometimes we hear from other veterans organizations, which is fine, because uh, we like to contribute uh, around the, uh, you know, 
this circle of uh, veterans organizations, and uh, I don't mind that. But I, I do mind uh, somehow getting these messages and phone calls from uh, a lot. If I don't have the contact name to it, I wouldn't even answer the phone to it. But um, I just get these messages as well. You know, will I take a survey and uh, names of people? Will I contribute $5 and this kind of thing? And I just kind of wonder where the heck are they getting my phone number? Yeah, I've gotten the same thing. I get the same thing. Uh, Gene, thank you for calling. If I don't speak to you before next week, have a great Christmas. Thanks for always being such a great contributor to the show and sharing your perspective. 800-848-9222. Robert is in Suffolk. Hi, Robert. Robert! All right. Robert has uh, other priorities. All right. 800-848-9222. Open lines if you want to comment. This is the uh, this is the other thing that I'll um, I'll mention before we get to Noam Layden. This is a story out of uh, Sag Harbor, which is on Long Island, where we are heard on uh, Talk Radio 107.1 on WLIR. Well, there was a, there's a fellow out there by the name of Ken Dorf. And he was all set to play Santa Claus. And then all of a sudden, his views on the Middle East got in the way. Now he's no longer welcome to play Santa Claus. The guy looks very similar to Santa Claus. White-haired beard and jolly-looking, you know, uh, rosy cheeks. So, last week, these clashes that we've seen erupt on college campuses, in the media, everywhere over the Israel-Hamas war have left another famous figure suddenly out of work. This time, Santa Claus, or at least Ken Dorff's version of t- Santa Claus. The, this, this is a village out on Long Island, Sag Harbor, and Ken Dorff has lived there for a long time, and he had been hired as a volunteer to wear the Santa costume in an event hosted by the local Chamber of, of Commerce. So the plan was for Santa to ride majestically atop a fire truck to the village's picturesque windmill, where the spreading of joy would commence. So Mr. Dorf has played Santa at a gathering before, several times before, I believe. He played Santa at a gathering last year at the local Cineplex, and even gave an interview in character to a local paper. In other words, he took this Santa Claus stuff very seriously. But on December 6th, three days before this jamboree was supposed to take place, Mr. Dorf received an email from the president of the Chamber of Commerce telling him he had been relieved of his duties. She offered no explanation beyond saying he was too outspoken for the gig. Well, the truth was that when word got out that he would play Santa this year, a group of people from a local synagogue, Temple Adas Israel, sent a flurry of emails to the event organizers objecting to his selection. So Mr. Dorf said that, according to them, Mr. Dorf had made people uncomfortable during a November 30th talk at the synagogue about the Israel-Hamas crisis, sharply criticizing a pair of speakers from the American Jewish Committee, which is a nonprofit advocacy group that supports Jewish people and Israel from his seat in the audience. 
according to a member of the temple that uh, attended this event, he was very antagonistic, belittling them. And um, I could see why people would not be comfortable with him as Santa, who's supposed to be this jolly fellow trying to keep peace in the world. This fellow, Mr. Dorf, is fluent in Arabic, and he fostered an interest in the Middle East after more than four decades working frequently in the region as a consultant in the financial sector. Beyond his day job, he regularly gives talks as an expert on the subject, and he believes that Arab countries and the Middle East are misunderstood. This is what he said in an article on the New York Times did on this. I love Israel and I love Palestine, and I do not think those are contradictory thoughts and emotions. That's what he said in October at a local speaking engagement. Mr. Dorf attended the talk at the synagogue titled Answering Tough Questions on Israel as a guest of a member of the synagogue. And there was a video of the event that was viewed by the New York Times, and it confirmed that Dorf, on multiple occasions, voiced frustration with the content of this hour-long presentation. The atmosphere remained mostly civil, but at times the room grew tense. And Dorf emphasized that he was heartbroken by the war and desperately wanted it to end. And he objected during the event to the speaker's characterization of several topics— and um, but it doesn't look like he was screaming. It doesn't look like he was cursing or doing anything like that. Didn't stand up didn't threaten anybody. But he certainly seems, based on this description in the paper, that he was a little hot under the collar. And he admits that he says, uh, I got a little hot under the collar. I regret that. But the damage was done. The president of the local chamber of commerce said in a statement she received 11 emails Requesting they find a different Santa. Let me tell you something. This is absurd. Did anybody think that Mr. Dorf was going to start speaking about the Middle East conflict while he's playing Santa? Of course not. Um, I mean, this is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. As we've seen in other films, like uh, Miracle on 34th Street, Santa is being canceled because of what he does when he's not Santa. He wasn't Santa when he was in the synagogue that night. And he's being canceled because he said something in a completely independent setting. There is no reason this guy shouldn't be Santa Claus. That's my view. I mean, are we really going to do this? We're really going to now stop people from volunteering to play Santa Claus because they express a view on foreign policy that you're unhappy with. This is dangerous, dangerous. I am totally against cancel culture in all its forms. I'm, in, I'm against cancel culture if you, if you use the words all lives matter and you're you're not able to keep your job because of that, I'm against that. If you're accused or written up because you say there are only two genders, I'm against you being canceled for that. And if you want to express your opinion, even if it's an unpopular one, about the Middle East situation, I'm not for you being canceled. This is terrible. This is terrible. And everybody should be up in arms over this, in my judgment. All right. Noam Laden is here, 800-848-9222, Santa Claus, at least as personified by Mr. Ralph Dorf, 
canceled. Noam Layden will give us his take on the news of the day straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. And uh, I'm speaking not just of Santa Claus, unless he's expressing views on the Middle East, which are no longer in fashion, but uh, a gentleman whose religious beliefs don't necessarily include Santa Claus, but we love everybody on this show, including our one and only news director. Stand by for the other side of Midnight's News. Side of Midnight and its affiliated stations present national and international news with Frank Morano and news director Noam Layden. Their summary of the world news and personal comments. Get the rest of the story. Hello, now. Good morning, Frank. I'm going to start with a troubling story oh, out of Boston University. Yeah, um, it has to do with football and collisions. We've heard so much about CTE, which is a chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which um, in athletes uh, shows up a lot of times after they've played football for a number of years and have had so many collisions and so many hits to the head. Uh, it vo- in, evolves into uh, depression, uh, alcoholism, uh, committing suicide. We've seen that with some high-profile football players over the last years. And so these studies have been pretty intensive when it comes to professional football players. But now this new study out of the Boston University CTE Center suggests that kids are getting CTE as well from playing football. This study done over a period of time uh, that began uh, in the late 2000, uh, early 2020s until recently, uh, these were people who 
had lost their kids to CTE and wanted to know what it involved. And so they donated their kids' brains to science, and Boston University looked at them and realized that um, almost all of these cases were people that involved kids that had played football from a very young age. And so now the question begs, should we be letting people play football at all? Um, And because these injuries were so prevalent in these football players— who had started almost all of them at a young age. Almost every one of these families said, no, I started my kid out on the football field at about six or seven years old. They continued to play through high school. Some of them were college players. But as you probably know, most people who play high school football never go on to play college, right? It's a select few who make it in, and then even more select few that make it to the pros. So the thought was is the hits were much harder in professional football, and that's why these people were getting CTE. Mm -hmm. Uh, But no, now this new study suggests that CTE can come from hits to the head even at a younger age from six on. I um, I followed this story, and I spoke about this actually a couple of weeks ago when uh, I think it was the New York Times that did a big thing on this. And I, first of all, what was really disconcerting, and it is overwhelmingly majority football players, there's a couple of hockey players, a couple of wrestlers there as well, but what was really disturbing is watching the video that an 18 or 19-year-old athlete makes, basically leaving a message to his family before he makes the decision to kill himself. I mean, I just am blown away by that, but what was, and then there's another, as part of that, that study of the donating of the brains, one of the things that they've actually that they actually d- did is there's these two twin boys athletes who both ended up killing themselves after suffering with this CTE but what was amazing to me is that there's still some of the parents that were quoted in that New York Times story about this that said that they're not sure if they would still allow their child to play football or hockey you would think they'd all say no way no how but I mean, some of them did, but a lot of them didn't. You, and you're absolutely right. One of the players that you're uh, talking about is a Dartmouth player who played for Dartmouth and then uh, committed suicide in his early 20s, just overwhelmed by what was going on in his head from, well, they didn't know it was CTA this time. They thought maybe it was alcoholism until they donated his brain. The other one you're talking about actually happens to be the head coach at the University of Maryland. Uh, His son died from uh, CTE, but he says that football gave his son so much joy Mm. that he would have not changed a bit. He said uh, he believes that football, uh, you know, gives you, empowers you to do other things in life. And that's why he stayed on as the head coach at the University of Maryland, even after losing his own son to CTE. Mm. Well, that is that is a bummer. Yeah. Anything more upbeat? Can I go any holiday season? Well, you know, on Friday, I'll be much more. Okay. But uh, okay, these are loud. Less than that. Um, TSA does these uh, pat downs and nobody likes them and nobody likes going through the whole process. Uh, so over the last year at a airport in Las Vegas, a small section of this airport in Las Vegas, they've been uh, checking out these self checkout style security lines, testing this new technology. And what they have found is that it works. So the program would allow pre-check passengers to complete the screening process with minimal to no assistance from TSA officers. So think sort of like a shopping checkout thing where you do your own checkout. Uh, If everything goes good, you move on. You then 
get on your plane. Uh, this would be the uh, same idea. Um, uh, an alarm would go off of some sort if there's anything wrong during that checkout, and then a TSA officer would come to do advanced screening. But uh, these kiosks, these self-checkout kiosks, have been enormously popular during this trial. The TSA is, says it's confident in the security and the ability to these checkout counters to catch someone who might be trying to sneak something in or do harm on a plane. And so they want to roll these out nationwide because the thought is, first of all, you'd need less of these TSA officers on the scene. And the ones who were there could actually handle more high intense situations than just going through every single person that's walking through that line. Yeah. First of all, it's not surprising me that they're trying to find new and exciting ways to have the jobs of humans replaced by machines, yeah. because of course, everybody's trying to do that. But uh, there was initially early on a lot of concerns about the radiation emitted, especially from the old style TSA screening machines that was um, it basically created to be a replacement for a lot of these pat downs. I'm curious what the what the uh, safety advocates and even the TSA workers union that's going to be working besides these machines, what they would have to say on the safety front. It's as an well. excellent question. So far, they're getting the thumbs up. There has not been many incidents where someone's been able to get through part of this process, of course, is testing out things where they put items into bags or have people carrying items through these checkout kiosks. And for the most part, the self-checkout kiosks and the high technology surrounding them that have been able to catch people who were trying to sneak things through. Gotcha. Okay. So well, I don't know. Will Americans feel more comfortable about this? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they'd rather have someone pat them down. I don't think so. <laughs> we'll see. Um, are you one of these people who have found these stores? I, I just found this store in the last couple of weeks in my own neighborhood. They are essentially called dumpster diver stores. Have you heard of this before? No, I haven't. So if you haven't done your Christmas shopping yet, you should maybe check out one of these stores. These are the popping up all over America. What these uh, retailers are actually, a lot of times they're just individual business owners. They go and buy items that have been returned to places like Amazon. And what happens is uh, those items are worth so little, usually to the people who have sold them, that they resell them to these retailers retailers who then sell them in stores. So you'll walk into one of these stores, and I'll tell you the one I'd walked into was in my home city of Jersey City. It has um, nothing on the outside to suggest what this store is in. There's nothing on the inside, no mannequins, no signs on the wall. The only thing up, it says, is it goes by the day. So it'll say Monday items are $10, and each day after that, the price goes down. And what it is is just uh, big shelves of Oh, unopened packages. Sometimes they're open. You rustle through them. Whatever it is, you'll get it for the price that's on that shelf. So one shelf will say four bucks, and you go through these packages of people that have returned mm. things to Amazon uh, or Target, some of the other big retailers, and you'll get incredible bargains. Um, it can be anything you can think of under the, uh, you know. Did you uh, did you personally uh, did you um, purchase I did, anything? I actually didn't really. It was so crowded. I mean, when was the last time you walked into a store that was crowded or into a mall that was crowded? It uh, just it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. It doesn't happen anymore. They're just not because so many people shop at home. But now uh, this place was packed. I mean, I, I, there must have been 100 people in this store. Well. And they're ripping through these boxes. All kinds of, you can imagine, uh, it was like uh, kids' toys, uh, rain jackets, uh, sweaters, and the prices were incredible. So I looked at this. I mean, they had like um, 
nice sweaters that normally go for 50 60 bucks were selling for 10 bucks wow. um how did you know where to look if it was such a and how did the 100 people that were in there all know where to go for this nondescript location it's well i don't know how they found it i just happened to be walking in the neighborhood and i said what's going on here because hmm. there's such commotion inside uh in terms of finding uh, you know maybe other stores are more set out to more organized but i think this is the whole appeal of it is you walk in and you have no idea what's going to be inside well so yeah i like that kind of gambling element of it that's it, cool yeah, and in fact, one of the uh, uh, one of the items that they offer up at this store, and I imagine I, that they do this as well, is they have a whole section in a shelf called surprise boxes, and those you pay like three bucks for, and you go home or open it there, and you get whatever's inside that box. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I would I would check one out if they were near me. Although I'm not crazy about the being in a store with a hundred people, not for germ reasons, just because of. You know, I don't yeah. want to move around, stuff yeah, like that. That's part of the process is you got to sort of have good elbows and shove people out of the way for the good items. Yeah. No, that's uh, well, that's true. But uh, you have one more for us? Uh, no. All right. Well, we'll save it for tomorrow. Okay. Gonna, okay. Thank you very much, Noam Layden. And now you know the rest of the story. All right. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. You know, yesterday was one of those days. I ended up leaving work a little bit later because I got uh, caught up in some meetings and then I was recording some things. So I maybe get to sleep on a typical day, maybe by 6.37. Yesterday, I didn't get to sleep until about maybe a quarter after 8, 8.30 even. So maybe 8-ish, whatever. It's a different vibe when you go to sleep when it's still dark out. And most days when I get home, it's still dark out. Yesterday, because I was a little late leaving here, it was it was light out. And it's a different vibe going to sleep. So anyway, I don't know if that was the deal or if it was just because, you know, I, I don't know. I, I had a, another day off this weekend. My schedule was a little wacky. I woke up yesterday, almost the same time that I normally wake up, about a quarter to one. And I swear to you, I woke up and I didn't know what day it was. I mean, not that I didn't know for a second. I mean, I had to think on this for a minute or two. What day is it? Where do I have to be now? And I had the vague idea that I had to do something, which I ended up doing. And then I kind of got started in my day. But it was um, it was one of those things that ever happened to you where you just wake up and you don't know what day it is. I, I suspect it happens with people that work these hours more than most. I remember one time when uh, I was working, um, you know, I, I was I was working super early mornings, and that means you still get up when it's dark. And I would use my phone as my alarm in those days. And I was, I think I was living by myself, but... Someone calls me at 12.30 in the morning, 1.30 in the morning. I don't remember what time, but it was still an hour or two before I had to get up. I just thought it was my phone ringing to wake me up. And so I start getting ready for my day. Take a quick shower. Uh, I think I'm not sure if I grabbed something for breakfast. Started driving to work. It was two hours before the time I actually needed to leave for work. That happens to me. It used to happen to me very frequently. These days, it's pretty rare. But yesterday was one of those days where I couldn't figure out what day of the week it was. Is it Sunday? Is it Monday? I hope it's not a sign of senility, but I don't know. Hey, you know uh, what today is, actually? In addition to being Wednesday, 
Today is the birthday of Uri Geller, Israeli magician and psychic known for bending spoons and forks. Been a guest on this show several times, including pretty recently. Today's his birthday, so I just sent him uh, an SMS text message, actually a WhatsApp message, wishing him a happy birthday. And uh, today was also the birthday, or is also the birthday, of Law & Order creator Dick Wolf, who is probably the most prolific person on television these days, and maybe the most prolific living television producer now that uh, Norman Lear is uh, no longer with us. So happy birthday to Uri Geller and to Dick Wolf. 800-848-9222. Paulie is in Paramus. Hi, Paulie. Hey, Frank. I, yeah, I was talking about, I was going to talk about something else, but talking about daylight saving time, I've worked until like was 7 o'clock till about 1 o'clock, went home, went to sleep, and then woke up at 7 o'clock at night, thinking it was 7 o'clock in the morning, oh. went to my boss's house, waiting to go to work. He's like, what the hell are you doing here? I'm like, I'm going to work. Oh. He's like, it's 7 o'clock at night. I, I, that, I, it was the craziest thing that's ever happened to me. You know, that I see, stuff like that, I've come close to happening before. I never made it all the way to work 12 hours before or 12 hours after I was supposed to be there. You know why? Because... I usually have the radio on or something, and and the radio program that's on would dictate to me what time it is. But uh, but yeah, for I, I wasn't even you know it was like I wasn't even thinking. I get I wasn't it. Wasn't even. Thinking. I've been there, man. I have been there. So crazy. Daylight savings time throws everything off. Oh, that's for sure. That is absolutely hey, for sure. One more question. Sure. Why don't you start a museum with all the people you work with? Well, but where am I gonna where am I gonna start this? I I'll put it in Staten Island somewhere. Like with all the people you work with, all the archives, the Guardian Angels, Wiener, all the archives you could bring up, you could have such an amazing museum. Well, I'm certainly open to it, uh, Paulie. I have a lot of uh, stuff that I would love to be seen. I have, um, you know, if I ever had a few hours on an afternoon, I have a lot of stuff that I'd love to insert into my scrapbook. Plus yourself yourself with the goddies. That would be so cool. Uh, Paulie, I have stuff that you you can't even imagine. I'm at the point where my office is gradually becoming a museum. My wife is my my wife is now at the point where she can't walk in there without grunting. She looks around. She walks across the threshold of my office. Now she comes in there a little bit more frequently because there's a litter box in there. But she crosses the threshold into my office. She looks around and she just grunts. She says, "I look at your desk and it just gives me anxiety." So uh, I um I'd love to play a role in the formation of a museum. But I'm not sure that's uh, that's in the cards in the foreseeable future. I, I, I would love if somebody wants to work with me. I'm happy to donate a Morano wing to your your museum. But thanks for the uh, thanks for the thought there, Paulie. Merry Christmas. All right, 15 seconds of fame in a moment. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The other side of midnight. Side at midnight with Frank Morano. 
things go wrong In the darkness you might need a place to hide If the days are long When the sun goes down You might need a place to call your own Somewhere out there on the other side of And the Epstein Associates singing The Other Side of Midnight. We're going to do uh, 15 Seconds of Fame in a moment. Hey, you, we all know the singer, not Stevie G, but almost as good as him, uh, Celine Dion. Um, obviously, she people know she did the Titanic song, but she did some other things as well. Very popular in her day, very successful. You know, I'm just seeing this now. I don't know if other people heard about this, but she has reportedly lost control over her muscles amidst a battle with stiff person syndrome. I have to be honest, I didn't know stiff person syndrome was a real thing. If you would have asked me yesterday, um, real disease or made-up disease, stiff person syndrome, I would have said it's made up. But sure enough, it's a rare progressive neurological disorder, and it's... um, it really messes you up, and it has apparently done a number on Celine Dion, and she has lost control over her muscles. So I don't know. Uh, wishing her the best and her family the best has got to be a tough thing to deal with. So we'll explore that in a future medical segment, maybe tomorrow. All right. Now it's your turn to be heard for 15 seconds. The other side of midnight. This is 15 seconds of fame. Mike. Morning, Frank. Inappropriate comments roll off his tongue like a Titleist on a freshly manicured green. A hole-in-one for Mayor Eric Adams. Rob. Hi, Frank. How are we going to apply the Constitution to these businesses? The Constitution doesn't exclude them. Neil. Hey, Frank, I think Chrissy's problem is she's on the spectrum and I think you should be looking for a good feline psychotherapist. Joe. Frank, I want to know that website with the uh, airport that you get that stuff from, if you could give it to me. And not only that, I know you heard U.S. Steel. They sold to Japan. Do you know U.S. Steel built all the bridges and all the buildings in Manhattan? That's a real disgrace. Uh, e. Frank. Yes, it is quite obvious that former XFL quarterback Trevor Simeon is going to start for the game on Sunday with the New York Jets, but Zach Wilson should cool it down. I think uh, he had a good season, and God help him. Well, that slams the lid on things for today. Until tomorrow, God willing, Frank Morano, good day.